0: Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade the podcast. I'm your host, Billon Limsemech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys from entrepreneurs to nine to ers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. Um, on today's episode, we have Carol Nyazika. Carol is the founder of Ndanaka, and it, it's actually interesting because I didn't know this, but Ndanaka actually started as a, as a lifestyle and, and, and beauty blog, and it has now grown to become this amazing, wonderful brand uh, that's being sold across Africa. So, uh, Carol, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm really excited to have you on here. Um, so on the show, we always like to start from the beginning. So let's take it all the way back. Mm-hmm. Take us all the way back to young Carol growing up, your childhood, your upbringing and your schooling.
1: Okay. Um, so I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what more to say, but I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Um both my parents are black. I think when people see me, they always think one of my parents is not black. Um, so I always feel like I have to always clarify that I am actually fully black. I'm just light in complexion. Um, so I grew up in Harare. I was in boarding school since I was seven years, seven years old. I was in boarding school. Um, so Mm. Yes, so I went to a private boarding school and we would only come home every weekend. My introduction to beauty came about when my mom used to obviously wear makeup, you know, do everything that women do. And yeah. I would put makeup on my face and my mom would shout at me, Do not do that to your skin. Love, 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 love. And I was like, But why? You're putting it on. And, so, and then she'd be like, No. Don't put makeup on because you're too young. Your skin is not s- strong enough to withstand all the stuff that they put in in makeup. Um, yeah, so that was, I think, my initial introduction to, oh, okay, so when I'm older, I should Put on makeup, or I shouldn't put it right now because our skin will do all of these things that it's not supposed to do because we're adding things onto our skin. But I didn't really Mm -hmm. know much about it. I was like, oh, she just doesn't want me to use her stuff. That's what I concluded. (laughs) And then um, (laughs) she would also teach me about just skincare in general. You know, don't use a towel on your face, it'll scratch your face. Don't use soaps on your face, they're too harsh on your skin. Um, So, all of that she used to teach me, but I just thought it was normal. I just thought it was like part of being a woman, you know, part of being a girl. So I didn't really think much of it because it's something that my mom taught me. And then in terms of just generally looking after myself, because I was in boarding school, there was so many things that you are taught in boarding school that Later on, I found out that people that weren't in boarding school weren't taught at home because I think it just became one of those normal things if you're at home. And in boarding school, it's really put in place like you have to have your own um, toiletry bags. Your toiletries don't go into plastic bags. They go into a toiletry bags. Mm-hmm. So it's like little things like that. Yeah. You just take for granted because I was doing this at seven years old, you know, you don't put wet things in a in a bag, you have to make sure it's dry or if you don't have time to dry it, make sure it's in a plastic bag so it doesn't wet all, you know, so just things about feminine feminine hygiene and just personal care and skincare and all were instilled in me at such a very young age, but it was just the norm to me and things that I just did because, you know, I was just told to do <laughs> Um, and then fast forward to, oh, sorry. So I went to junior school and high school in Zimbabwe. And then after my high school, I went I moved to the UK um, because my mom had moved here a few years prior. This is when, I think before Zimbabwe even got into the financial crisis that it went through in 2008, because I moved here mm. in 2006. But I've got two older brothers, so and my dad had just passed away. So in order for my mom to be able to still take me through um, private school and still pay for my brothers, she decided to leave the country um, and work in the UK, like most parents uh, or um, mothers did from Zimbabwe. So she moved to to the UK and she found a job, and that's how she managed to pay for me and my brothers to continue going to um, private school. In Zimbabwe but I think at that time my brother had moved to Australia um so my mom had to pay for for us and she also had to pay for um my cousins because she was looking after my her brother and her sister's children as well so her being a single mom and also looking after other people's children she decided to sacrifice being around us and she came to the UK so I moved to the UK in 2006. and then I went to college, which was I don't know what it is in, in South Africa, but it's your A levels. I don't know if it's the same thing, but it's the A levels in Zimbabwe and it's the same in the UK. Um, for people who might not know, Zimbabwe was colonized by the British. So our schooling system and everything mimics everything uh. that happens in the UK. Um, yeah, so um I moved to the UK and I did my A levels, so Our school was predominantly white. No one, again, was telling me anything about, you know, your natural hair or your skin and all of this stuff. And then I graduated, or didn't graduate. I finished my A levels and then I went to university. And then in university, I actually studied social work. I don't know why, (laughs) but I studied (laughs) social work. How did you decide (laughs) what you wanted to study? (laughs) Well, funny enough, in in college. I actually studied business studies, biology, um, and psychology because I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go to. So I studied something that I was able to tap into. I to go into the financial world or business world. I can, or entrepreneurship. I could do business. Um, so mm-hmm. I just kind of just chose subjects that work well together, but um, that would enable me to make any decision I wanted after I finished my A levels for university. Um, And then I actually passed with an A, I think, in business studies. I have no idea why I didn't pursue that line. I don't know why I didn't do (laughs) finance or something in the business world, but considering it was like my highest grade. um, But I think someone, someone was acting as a mentor and they said, you know, I just do social work because with social work, you can get a job anywhere in the world. So if you decide to move, Anyway, you can still get a job. So that was like my mind frame. I was like, yeah, I'll do social work. Mm-hmm. I can get a job. Um, but I was just always doing something on the side. <laughs> like there was always something that I was doing on the side while I was studying because I don't think I really enjoyed it. I hated the internships. I hated um, the work placement that they gave me, but I would just always pass, but I never applied myself, but i would always pass, mm-hmm. right? um and then 2011 I came across this woman called Chanel Cooper Sykes online on Facebook and then she was talking about like you know her skincare routine all of the stuff and this is why men cheat and she's like talking about it on YouTube (laughs) so I was like what is this YouTube thing this was like in 2011 and I was like to my mom you know what I'm always telling people what what I do or how I Oh, well, what she taught me about scrubbing and you know all this beauty stuff and I was like yeah. I'm sure I could just go online and start talking about Olay because I used to use Olay back in those days so I was like let me just talk about how I keep my skin glowing you know and see how it goes until this day it's still my highest <laughs> watched YouTube video maybe because oh, it was wow. around the like the beginning or the the turning point of YouTube at that time when I started um yeah
0: Yes. You know, I, I saw your YouTube channel, and I saw videos from eight years ago, and I was like,
1: nah.
0: <laughs> yeah, are the it, same I'm,
1: person. <laughs> it is definitely the same person. I look different, but it is the same person. So, yeah, so I started YouTube before it was YouTube, before it was even a thing. And I remember um, recording with my webcam, and I remember is sending it to my friend to edit because I didn't know how to edit it. And then I got tired of sending the video and then I'll take so many takes so that I wouldn't need to edit. So that's before, you know, your, 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 Max Macs came out or your, mm. before all of that, that's when I, before people even knew there were digital cameras and stuff, it was like way back. <laughs> um, and then 2012 or 13, um, I I came across a a makeup brand called Motus Cosmetics, and then I became a part of Motus Cosmetics to find them ambassadors or whoever in the UK because they were launching in the UK. So I was like, oh, this this must be fun. I could you know learn how to do my makeup and do it on my YouTube and all of this stuff, and I. I was like, and I can find more people. You know, I just thought it was fun because um mm-hmm. at that point, I think I was working. But still, I, I was still doing something in the beauty world on the side, you know. Um, I took the brand to Zimbabwe and then marketed it in Zimbabwe. It did pretty well. People started knowing more about it. And then I went on Instagram before Instagram was even Instagram. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Quite- when it just launched or something I can't remember I remember following Trey's songs and like knowing you what Instagram was and I remember him liking my pictures it was oh. like just like wow okay um <laughs> and then I remember at some point I deleted it because I was just like ah this is pointless I didn't understand it fully and I was like I can't be bothered to be always oh, taking pictures and then I was like ah, let me just stick to uh my Facebook so that was that journey and then because my my YouTube started getting a lot of traction at some point, And I just kept getting questions. And at that time, my mom had just hit menopause. And she was literally reacting to a lot of stuff. And people were just giving her so many different um, products to try. And nothing was working. And, you know, it was just a mess. So, you know, if your mom is just like the person who normally tells you, you know, that you're pretty and gives you your confidence when now the, the the roles have reversed and you're the one that's telling her that she's pretty and all of this stuff, because you could just tell that her confidence had gone. Um, that's when I realized that beauty is far more than just what you put on your face or what you put on your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, it like really impacts just your confidence. You know, you just hear people are like, you know, I don't want, I don't want pictures. I don't want to go out I don't want to see anyone because they just don't feel confident and as as small as that may sound um it really does impact someone's confidence so I saw that firsthand and I just went online and I was just like okay I need to I need to figure this thing out I need to help her maybe I can come across something and then that's when I fell into this whole natural skincare um community and I just started researching more and I started like doing DIYs on my YouTube and people responded well to that. And then I think that's where um, people really started realizing I was on the internet. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and then I, and then I realized that, you know what, for me to have more credibility and to really know what I'm talking about, I need to study what this formulation stuff is. So I then studied for formulation for about two and a half years to three years. Um, and I got certified and everything. And then after that, I started giving my mom things that I discovered and her skin started improving. But because she had tried so many products and her skin had burned, um, people were telling her to use this product and she didn't really know much about sunscreen and SPF. So, and most of these products had hydroquinone in them. So she and then she would just go out in the sun and she would burn. So it really took a toll on her skin. But with the formulations that I, the products that I was creating to give her, her texture was improving, so um her skin health was it was getting better, so that's when I was like, "Oh, I actually might have something here." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, okay, let me just create something for myself." and then I created like a whole skincare um routine with the products that I created um and then I was like, "Okay, well, there's no point of me." talking about it on my on my on my YouTube because it's not on the market so what am I really going to be talking about um so I think that's when I kind of left YouTube um, for some time and then at that time I'd also started another um project I guess which was the African women's association which had the African women awards under it which was similar to Um, black girls rock but for Africans Mm. because at that time it was this whole thing about you know Africa's the next big thing there's so many things happening in Africa and you know this and this and that and I was like okay but and then oh yes and then there was also equal opportunity things that were going around you know like there's always trends of the next big thing and this should be happening like right now it's like this whole black lives matter back then it was equality for women equal pay, equal this. So that was like the big movement during that time. I think it was around 2014. Um, So I, I was just like, okay, well, I'm so interested in this beauty stuff. I don't know anyone in Africa who's created a beauty brand. I don't know anyone who's doing anything, you know, at a large scale in Africa. So, and it's not being spoken about in mainstream. So I decided to, again, do my research. I started paying um, Forbes subscri- subscriptions because that's where I was finding a lot of information. Mm. Um, but again, it was kind of like I'm actively looking for this information. It's not readily available. Um, so if you're not interested in it, then you're not going to look for it. You know, it won't get to you. It's mm. not gonna get to you. So I was like, but then in terms of us knowing what Oprah's done, what Beyonce has done, what this person has done, what you know, all these women in the Western world have done, it was so in our face. It was like mainstream media everyone wants to be like oprah but it's like you live in africa (laughs) you're not gonna get the same (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to get the same results as oprah did or you're not going to come across the same opportunities as oprah did if you're in africa so why not find someone in africa who understands you know our culture in terms of being a woman who understands how men come after women or how you know, every success that a woman has is credited to a man and all of this stuff. So I was like, ah, okay, there should be a lot more people that we need to be talking about. So that's when I created the African Women Association, which had different pillars under there. And then um, it had the African Women Awards. So it was like the first multidisciplinary um, award show. Because again, in my mind, I was like, the only thing that Um, That brings or unites Africa is either African Cup of Nations or or the MTV Music Awards. (laughs) That's the only time you know that everything is across the country or they're looking at people from across, I mean, sorry, across the continent. Um, but in terms of awards like business awards or whatever it was very country specific and very industry specific so I was just like oh, okay this is just not going to work because if I'm in entertainment I still need to know people in the business world because if I'm going to operate as a business I need to know women in the business world or if like and vice versa you know um so there wasn't really anything that was unifying the continents based on um, the whole movement of um, equal, equal opportunities and um, you know Africa's, Africans emerging and all of the stuff. So that's when I created that. And then it really took off the first year because I was like, okay, we'll launch it in Zimbabwe since I'm Zimbabwean. And then from there we'll move from country to country. So stay in a country for two years and then we'll move um, to another country and then host you there since it's called the African Women Awards. So that was my whole take on it. And then we also had a media leg where um we would then hide or document all the women that have won and put it on TV. Because again, in my head I was like, oh, not everyone's going to be able to attend the awards. But if you're in America, everybody watches TV, everybody is always wanting to be entertained. So why don't we have the awards ceremony? And then instead of it's just saying, oh, this person does this and this and this. And um, this is their title and they've won an award for this category. We need to know more about their journey. So that's where the documentaries came al- came about. Because yeah. um, I was like, okay, it shouldn't just be about... You've won, and then no one knows what you've done or why you've won. So, um, that's I was combining those two aspects of entertainment and knowledge and education so that we empower the next generation and the current ger- generation as well. So, it even split everything to like, you know, the older people we had entertainment and arts, we had enterprise and business, and we had um, cultural and something. I can't remember the categories, but yeah, so it really spun across. Or areas that we could think of, whether you are in business or whether you are in corporate, because those are areas that people want to go into or already are, but no one there's no one really um, putting their stamp as someone to to look up to. So yeah, so that was that project. It was really well received. Second year, um, BET actually profiled us, and you know it was just getting really big but i had a discrepancy with the person i was working with so it kind of just fizzled unfortunately <laughs> oh, um <okay. laughs> yeah so even with that that's when i was then like okay i kind of created or had the idea of of AWA because i had no one who had really created a beauty brand in africa and we consume mm. so much um beauty products in africa but i didn't know anyone who had created anything so that was kind of like my reasoning to saying, okay, if I'm looking for this, everybody else should be looking for this. Or I'm sure yes. other people are curious, <laughs> which is why I was saying to you earlier on that that like She Brigade really reminds me of that. I was
0: just thinking that as you were telling the story of like, like I resonate with so much of what you're saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was that. And then unfortunately, um, it's on pause. I don't know if I'm going to continue with it, but it's on pause right now. It's just not functioning. Okay. Um and then after that, that's when I was like, you know, oh actually, I'm I then met my now husband <laughs> in 2015. And then in 2016, he asked me to move back to Zimbabwe. Um, yeah. And we were still dating, mind you, so I don't know why I moved for a man. <laughs> but I but so I did. had I had AWA and I was like, I really wanna be in Africa and be able to travel and you know talk about this project so it makes sense so it's not like I was coming back to like nothing but um, we agreed that if I was to come back I would need to have a job so um luckily one of the sponsors from the awards the previous year um, offered me a job and he was like if you ever want to move back to Zim I really like what you've done with your um, with projects, with the awards and your little company thing. <laughs> I, and he literally did say that. He was like, your little thing. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, this is what we're trying to change, but okay. Um, and then he offered me a job. So he was like, if you ever wanna move to Zimbabwe and you were looking for something, I think we could use you for our corporate social responsibility mm. department um, because I really liked how you pulled everything together and delivered. So I was like, okay, cool. So I contacted contacted him, and then um, you know, just had to go through the whole process and vetting and blah blah blah. Got the job, but um, because it was more like a what, like a hedge fund comp- company, so they had a lot of companies. That were under their umbrella, um, so he was like, "You need to go into every single company and see what is needed, and then come back to the head office, and then you know just give us a report of what's needed with with each comp uh, with each company." So the first company that I went into, they had literally just bought the company a month before I started, um, and it was a mobile uh, mobile money wallet thing, right? Um, So, and it was rivaling another mobile money company. So I went there just, I was supposed to be there for, I think, two months. But because they they literally had just bought the company, they were putting people into positions and there was no one in the marketing department. And I'm saying all of this because it ties into where I am right now with with Ndanaka. (laughs) So um, there was no one in the marketing department. And then I was like thinking to myself, oh, this is so easy to do. Oh, you, you need T-shirts. Ah, I can design T-shirts. I can do that. Just, yeah, <laughs> let me just do. And I was like, since I'm here, I can just help out until you find someone. And then they were like, oh, okay, we need to do activations. Do you know how to do activations? I was like, no, but I know someone in the industry. Let me call my friend. And I had two friends who used to do um, activation stuff. And I called them and I was like, my company is looking for, activ- I have no idea what activate. Because remember, I'm coming from a first world country. Um, and I didn't actually do marketing. (laughs) So Mm. I called my friend and I was like, what are, what are activations? And then, um, they explained to me, okay, this is what it is. This is what you need. Um, I can help you get this and this and this and this. So I did my report and I gave it to, um, the, the managing director of that company and not like my boss boss. And then he's like, oh, this is great. So since you've already done all the estimations, can you just execute it? And I was like, yeah, okay, fine and then I ended up just getting the title of a uh, marketing executive because I was just <laughs> like, okay, let me just do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. And when I started, the company had about 230,000 subscribers. Um, and then I started in April and then by the time I left in November, they had over 1.2 million subscribers. Um, and I was the one doing the marketing. So I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but you know, going back. So I then knew, I was like, okay, we need social media because of everything that I had been doing on my YouTube. So I was like, no, we need social media. We need this. We need this. We need this. So, um, because of all of that, the partnering company in South Africa then hired me in South Africa, um, which is my bucks. I, I don't know if you guys know my bucks. Uh, I'm not, get, I, I don't know it. Get bucks. I think it's like a loaning company. Anyways, so they then hired <laughs> they then hired me because they were like my company was the Zimbabwean leg of the South African company, so it's like oh, okay. a microfinancing kind of company, um, mm. but very tech driven. So it was like a fintech company, um, very tech driven, very IA, you know, all of this stuff. And I was very familiar with databases and collecting data and analyzing data because I had been collect- collecting names and and email addresses. From my YouTube channel, for my database <laughs> mm. from back then, so i I was like, you know on the same level with all these guys, and I was like, "Yeah, you need to do this, and we need to execute this and figure this out." So the South African team then hired me to be their point person for their marketing in Zimbabwe, okay, um so yeah so and all of this was just because i was willing to outwork everybody around me even though i i I didn't have any formal education but i was just like you know what i'll figure it out i'll figure it out and i will also produce the best that i can um and then if i can get better at it then you know it'll get better whatever i produce will keep getting better so i feel like that really helped me um like set me into the direction that I went in terms of being hired externally and stuff. And the reason why this is so important to me is because when I started with that company, um, people didn't understand why I was hired. You know, they were like, why you, Why were you hired or out of everybody? Or, you know, she was hired because, you know, her boss likes her, you know? And then it became yeah. this whole thing about you were hired because, your boss likes you or your boss wants to sleep with you. And it's like, how about I was hired because I'm actually good at what I'm doing or I'm really good at, at my work and I know what I'm doing, you know? It, it And it was never attributed to the fact that I actually knew what I was doing and I was producing and I was giving results. And it was always like, oh, you light-skinned girls, you think you're everything because you're light-skinned and that's why you get everything. It's like, and I would just always go home to my well he's my husband now but when we're dating <laughs> and i would be so stressed and i'll be like i don't understand this whole culture thing of you know being seen with a man that means you're sleeping with the man being seen with this person that means you're dating this person and i was just like have women really ruined our reputation about hard work and getting things done like is this our reputation as women that just because you're getting something done and you're doing it well and you're being recognized for your work, it's always because there's a man that likes you or it's always because, you know, so that really frustrated me. And then I think when I got the promotion from the SA team, it was more like, okay, now at least now it's more solidified that it's not just the team in, in Zim that's hiring me, but also, you know, getting confirmation that I know what I'm doing by an outside company. Yes. But again, it was more like, Oh, so he put in a word for her. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. And then I just decided to leave. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just tired of this. I just can't deal. Um, and then my husband was like, okay, well, I don't even know why he said what he said then. Cause we were not married. <laughs> But I guess it also is very important to have someone that's supportive of you when you're dating. Like, don't just get with anybody who's going to just say, I've got you covered and your dreams don't matter. I think that's another thing that I always tell people that are younger than me. Like, you know, you need to have someone that understands where you're going and also understands because he could have just turned around and believed what people are saying or yes. could have just said, ah, So there where you're you're saying you're going to work, but you're busy with this man or these men, or he could have easily done that, you know, Um, which is unfortunately a very normal, like a very norm thing in with African men. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, some men are just so protective and they're just like, oh, so where you, so when you're going to work, this is what you're doing. So this is why you wear a dress and a tight skirt and pants. And then it just becomes, why, you on makeup, so, why are you putting on makeup? Good. Why are you making yeah, such an a, a, an effort? Yeah, so I was just like, you know what? Thank God that he wasn't like that. But instead, he's he was always like, you know what? You have more pressure to prove yourself. So when you go into those meeting rooms, don't just be a pretty face. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to make them actually listen to what you're saying. So he would always be the one that's like, don't take you know, this opportunity for granted, you have to solidify yourself. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to dispel what people may assume and just do what you do best. You know, so Mm -hmm. luckily he was kind of like um, a sounding board for me Um, because again, I don't know what's wrong with women because even if you tell your friend or someone that you think is your friend, you just don't know how they're just going to narrate that to somebody else You know, you just don't know if they're going to be like, ah, well, she says this and this and this. So, again, it's very important to know the people that are around you. It's very important Mm -hmm. to know what to say and what not to say. It's very important to know that, you know, um, and also test every relationship. And when I say that, it's, it's when you if you say something. See how far that message or whatever is being said is going to go with that person. Don't just trust someone completely and just say, "Oh well, they're a nice person," because you just never know someone's intentions or ulterior motives, and that just translates into business. And that I was told this um, by a mentor, like um, one of my mentors, and he always used to say, "You know, you need to always test." And it's I'm, I'm a Christian, so in the Bible, it actually does say test. I forgot the verse, but it does say test everybody that comes into your life or everybody that's in your life so that you just know where to place them in your life. Not everybody should know everything. Not everyone is there cheering you on. Some people just want to be close so that they have the inside info to gossip, you know? Um, so yes, yeah, so I left my job and then I was like to my husband, I was like, ah, you know what? I really think I need to pursue this brand. And I had been talking about it when I was at work. I would give like um, my coworkers samples and like, you know, try this product. And and I made this product and they just didn't really believe me because they were just like, ah, Carol, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was like to myself and I was like, you know what, I really think I can do something with this, with this idea that I have. Um, there's a gap in the market, you know. So let me try and do it since I'm out of a job. And we've always said that, you know, if we're going to have a family and everything, everybody needs to be bringing something into the house. And also it just helps with just your confidence as a woman to have your own thing going. Um, so he was like to me, OK, well, you can start it. Don't worry about your bills. Don't worry about anything. Um, I'll give you a yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. He said you've got a whole year." <laughs> Of figuring this out started it, launch it market it all of this don't worry about anything don't worry about food don't worry about whatever i've got it covered you concentrate because i don't want you to fail and then you say because i couldn't concentrate or i couldn't put my all <laughs> sorry no i'm saying yeah
0: if, you, if he doesn't want you to fail and then it'd be because you were distracted because of other things
1: other exactly. responsibilities Yes. So he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna give you six to twelve months, and then we'll see how it goes." So I was like, "Okay." Um, at that point, my job hadn't given me my 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 my, my full package, um, so I literally just had, and this was like just after Christmas. So I just had because they'd given us like they'd given us our December pay, but I hadn't been given out the rest of my money because I think my 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 um, resignation letter hadn't been signed or confirmed because they thought I was going to go back. So I was just like, "No." And then, um, (laughs) um, so they delayed to give me my package deal to, for leaving and stuff. So, um, I literally didn't have a lot of money to start the, the brand. So, um, had enough to fly to South Africa, um, look for suppliers, look for packaging, look for literally everything, sorry, um, that I needed, um, to get my brand or my products off um onto the shelves. Mm. Yeah, so I did that. I had enough. And then actually I think I stayed with my friend that first trip. I stayed with my friend because I was trying to save money. I hired a car. Bearing in mind I'd never been to South Africa by myself.
0: And <laughs> you managed the to get time. all
1: the, yeah. Yeah, I got a I hired a car from Avis. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? If I can drive in London, I can drive in South Africa. I was so scared; <laughs> I had no idea where I was going. I was like, you know what? It's, if it's got an address, I can get there because I'll just use a sat nav. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then people were like, you know, you need to be careful in South Africa. You have to make sure no one's following you, and people are just telling me all of these things. But in my head, I was like, you know what? If I die, I die. But let me just go because <laughs> I can't. I can't operate on fear right now um said my prayers and I was like you know what God if I do get attacked whatever if I don't thank you very much but you know you know what we're trying to achieve here so you know just say your prayers protect me and all of that stuff so um yeah so in South Africa got my stuff um, and I came back to Zim and I was like okay I'm going to start you should see my first packaging oh my god (laughs) it was something else it was something else but anyway, so I was just like, you I know. Feel like I, you, must, you must post a throwback. On I, my, I, you I, know, know, I definitely on am going pitch. to throw a throwback. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I, um, and then there was a, a wedding fair that was happening in Zim. And then I just posted on my Instagram. Oh guys, I'm going to, you know, Danaka's launching. I had the name from when I was still blogging, like back in the day. So I just carried it through to an actual product. Um, so luckily I had already had a following on my, on my Instagram. I think at that time I had 1,500 to 2,000 followers. And then my page didn't even have a lot of, I think I had like 200 followers on my page at that time, um, on the, on the, on the blog page, because I wasn't very consistent. And, you know, I had started this other AWA project that was like taking off. So my time was being split. So I really didn't then really develop the the blog side of it and because I was running around with so many things um so I went to this wedding fair and I had my little products that was the first event that I ever attended um, got everything right and I think if I look back I've always had an eye for how things should look aesthetically um so you know just did everything look nice it didn't look like you know it's like a coming like a, a brand that just started on that day <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> um, we actually sold out of all the products on that day oh, that we wow. had. Yeah. And I was like, what? Okay, this is cool. And I was like, yeah, but we didn't have a lot of products. I think we had like a hundred in total. But I was just like, hey, this is good, eh? This is good. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, at least it's something, then nothing. Um, but then now I was like, okay, people will buy. Initially, this was another thing. I told myself that people will always buy when you launch but the true test of whether your product is good is if they come back and repurchase. Yes. You want um, to refill because you can't get enough. Exactly. So it's yes. one of those that your hype could have driven sales, but everything in terms of your customer service, um, the application of the product, the results that people are probably looking for with the product or the expectations, um, all of that, Really is down to whether they're gonna come back or not. So you don't have a business just because you've sold out in your first day or your first week or your first um, release or your first launch. Like that's just not going to um, really make your brand. Um, and I tell people this all the time that people people are buying into what you sold them, but when they get it in their hands, it's like a completely different story. Is your is your um, packaging matching what is actually in the product? You know. Um, or do you have a really crap packaging and then your product is excellent or is it the other way around? Um, so all of those things have to come together for you to really grow your business, right? Um, or yeah. your brand. So I then took all that money, reinvested it, um, and then re, um, re, ugh, gosh, and then I created more products, doubled the, the amount of product that I initially started with. Um, and then it sold out again. I was like, ah, okay. And then I said to uh, my husband, I was like, okay, look, I need some money <laughs> because I'm I'm putting my money back, but it's still not enough to supply the demand. Um, so for me not to keep running out, I just need, instead of doubling the quantities, I need to triple the quantities. But for me to triple the quantities, I need a little bit more money to make the other third of the amount that I need, the total. So he was like, sure, I'll give you the money. But we're going to sit down. We're going to say and actually write an agreement when you're going to pay me back. If you're going to pay me back in 30 days, then it's interest-free. If you're not going to manage to pay me back in 30 days, what's my interest on it? Like, he really sat me down. And I was oh, so wow. <laughs> mad. I was so that is mad. unexpected. <laughs> I was like, what type of boyfriend are you who's not supporting me? You are supposed to just give me the money. <laughs> oh my God. And you're like, look, you are not my girlfriend when we're talking about business. You need to operate mm. as a business. If this is a business, operate as a business. Because next time you, you need money or you get a loan, you're not going to be used to paying it back because I've just given you this, this money and it's just, it's just like whatever. Um, so if you are really confident that you're going to make your money back, don't talk about, oh, you're not supporting me. Talk about, you know, I'm really confident in my business and, you know, I need you to, to be confident in my business as well. Not that you're my girlfriend and I should just give you. And he's like, well, why are you so entitled to my money that I'm working for? You know, I was just like... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <It's> unexpected, <laughs> but it's true, right? You need to operate as a business. Exactly. And I was just like, okay, fine. Um, all right. I'll give you back your money in thirty days. I'll give it back to you in thirty days. And I gave it back to him in two weeks. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, because that's how wow well the, the the business was going. I gave him back in two weeks. Um, and then he was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I guess this is really going going somewhere. Um, yeah. And then fast forward to, I think a year later, now it was like, really, this was like, we launched in 2017. Um, and the brand was just now growing. It was just like everywhere. And then we expanded into hair care. So it was, it's very easy for your formulator to just come up with something with, if someone is requesting, you know, a specific product for whatever condition or concern that they have to just come up with something. Well, someone says, oh, don't you have hair products? Could just come up with something, you know? Um, so I was, at this point, I was formulating, I was manufacturing, I was packaging, I was doing the marketing. I was, literally everything was centered around me. Um, and then my husband then said to me, you know, you're, you're not really a business yet because you're just still, a, you're a sore entrepreneur or something. I do not remember what he called me. And I was like, can't you see this money that's coming in and how well we're doing? And he was like, no, because, you know, what? at the end of the day, if you get sick, your business is not going to function. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So your business is literally just you. So you're not really a business yet. You're still just operating as a solo entrepreneur and you're still operating in the mind frame of, you know, just having time for yourself where you're not answering Mm -hmm. to anybody You know, you're just doing things when you feel like doing it. You don't have a system in place. You don't have structures in place. You don't have um, your accounting systems in place. You're literally just operating, but you're not really functioning. And it's going to be very hard for you to scale. Mm. That's what he said to me. And I was just like, man, okay, (laughs) what am I going to do now? Um, And then I think I hired someone to help me with, in terms of, Um, going to events and in terms of, you know, doing all of that other stuff that I didn't necessarily need to do. Um, But I didn't have any skills in managing people. And because I had been doing everything on my own for so long, it was very hard for me to let go of of certain areas. Um, And then I hired a photographer because before I was doing my own photography. Um, So I hired a photographer and because he was actually a client of mine initially um, and I was like, you know what, I need a content creator uh, in terms of creating the content for not a content creator as in the terms that we know it as an influencer, but someone who actually is taking the the pictures, who's sourcing oh. all our ambassadors, who's doing all like, that's what the type of person that I need, not an influencer, you know? Mm. Um, so he was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll look for influencers. Blah, blah, blah. So he then found our first few influencers at that time. So that's how we, that's how Undanaka grew. And then with the whole economic situation in Zimbabwe, we, I I don't know how, or because I'm always in this sphere of wanting to know what's going on or wanting to know what's happening. I came across, I think it was, I can't remember which company was doing it, but they were doing this accelerator. Oh, it was She Leads Africa. They were doing these beauty accelerators um, and then... Um, BT on tap was one of the finalists. So I was like, Oh, okay. You know, let me contact her. Let me support her. Let me see. Because now we were getting Zimbabweans in South Africa, wanting the products, you know, um, before mm. it, it transitioned to South Africans knowing and liking the products. So, um, just contacted her and I was like, Oh, we've got a lot of demand in South Africa. I'm looking for someone to, um, you know retail my products for me so she, because she was also kind of starting it just worked out well um and she's been our main retailer in SA since since we entered SA um so yes, yeah, so that's how it's, so that helped sustain the business in Zimbabwe because in Zimbabwe there were so many things that were going on we lost so much money because of the currency changes and things changing mm-hmm. in the economy and, you know, when we were charging everything before, we were charging in U.S. dollars. And then as soon as um, the government just decided that, you know, your money in your account is actually not your money. We lost so much money because we're like, now we have to convert that money. That's not really money, but that's money. <laughs> 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 ah, it's so stressful. Like even trying to explain to people who are not in Zimbabwe what was going on. they just like, we don't even understand how you managed to survive. I can't imagine being a, a small business during that time was so difficult we lost thousands of dollars because of that overnight change like thousands of dollars but luckily we still had the SA market so that sustained us to still you know just just be able to break even because you you don't want to lose money right so mm-hmm. we were just breaking even with all the changes because you don't want to also put the prices up and you outprice the product because you're now out of people's um um range in terms of how much they can afford, um, and stuff. So that was, that was, that was tough. That was a tough year. Um, and that was the same year I was getting married as well. So our, our wedding then became times four of, um, the budget that we had, we had put aside for it because of these changes. So again, a lot of money was required for that. Um, yeah, it was a, such a tough year. That was 2018. Um, yeah, so that's been the journey in of, of Ndanaka and, sure. and where we are now. But this year I decided to go back to my roots, which is YouTube. <laughs> I decided, I was just like, you know what? The reason um, the brand became what it was was because people trusted what I was saying about skincare. Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, let me just go back to what really launched the brand. Um, So this year, I just dedicated this year to really concentrate on my YouTube channel, give people a lot of information about skincare, because I feel like people want to sell, but they don't want to educate because they want to sell, you know. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's always been our brand in terms of bridging information and what we provide and accessibility and just giving people something that's affordable, but effective and actually works um so that's where we were in terms of our selling point and what we even still currently providing as a brand um because people just say you need a serum but what is a serum and then you're like, but what is it? which one do i need which one what does it actually do so even with us people are like how well, how much is your serum and then you have to go through this whole process of we don't have a serum we have a face oil this is what a face oil does this is the difference between a face oil and a, and a serum so it's that education that people don't have but um they will just buy it because this person said buy it you know so yeah. our brand watched, came in
0: i watched your youtube series on the beauty basics and i was shook i literally <laughs> went through my <laughs> through all my my, my my through through my face routine products and i was like
1: Mm, I was <laughs> judging myself. <laughs> At least you know, know better, better now. Much. When you go into into clicks or this game, you be like, ah, 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 I know exactly <laughs> what I need, and I know how to use it exactly. exactly. No,
0: it's so. I had no idea how little I knew about skincare. I really thought I had it done but I had no idea until I watched because I watched all the episodes on your beauty basic series, and it's so informative, so educational. oh thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So So, so Carol, tell me what what is the I wanna ask you two questions, right? From off of your journey. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in business and what is the biggest mistake you made? Um, yeah, through the business, through through your business. Okay.
1: So the first question, you said what is the the biggest lessons. Like what would you tell someone in business? Basically. I would say everything that my husband told me, put your <laughs> put your processes in place from the beginning. Um, mm. But something that I learned while I was in business was that someone is always watching. You know, it doesn't matter how big or small you are. Someone is always watching. So if you're always putting your best foot forward, it'll pay off, right? Because mm. um, I'll give an example of this. Last year, Forbes contacted me and they wanted mm. to profile me. And I was like, actually, I was like, what? Nah, this can't be real. <laughs> um, <laughs> like someone someone's saying a joke. <laughs> yeah, I actually ignored the email. And I was like, oh, these, <laughs> these people, what is going on? <laughs> um, but that was the second email I got. The first email I got was from British Vogue and they wanted to oh, wow. um highlight the brand as an emerging brand. Um, but at that time I wasn't ready. You see, I hadn't I didn't have my systems in place. Didn't have a retailer in the UK, didn't have all of that stuff. But I was just like, okay, I we we're, were retailing in in the UK, but I didn't have a website. I didn't have all of these things in place. So that if British Vogue, Vogue puts us in their books for three months, because it was for a three month period, um, three issues over three months, I was like, where will I um direct that traffic? Where will it go? You know, because mm. obviously, if British and um, Vogue is gonna talk about it. Then all these other media outlets are gonna pick up on it and start yes. researching who is this brand, why are they talking about why is it emerging na, 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 na. so um, I had to turn that down and I was like my husband, I was like, I have no idea like where do they even find me you know, like this little yeah. brand in Africa <laughs> that's just there, you know um so that was the first incident, and then the second incident was when I had the um um when Forbes contacted me. So when I asked him, I was like, so how do, when they came and they flew to Zim to, um, to do the whole video series thing that they were doing. And I was and I asked him, I was like, how did you come across me? And, he, and then the guy said that the producer said, um, someone submitted my name because they contacted someone. They said, we're looking for people who fit this profile. Um, can you help us out? And this person put my name forward and was like, this girl's really doing amazing stuff. And then they did their research, obviously, and then they settled on me, even though I think I think about five of us were put forward. Um, but at that time, they decided to choose. So I thought I was one of the five that they were going to do. And they're like, no, we're only doing one person oh, um, for the country that we you. picked. And this is you. So that really made me realize that, you know, just because people might not like your products or might not even purchase them, might not even, you know, communicate with you or or interact with you doesn't mean that they're not watching. I don't even know who this person mm-hmm. was. I have no, they they told me the name. And I was like, honestly, I have no idea. Like no one in my circle even mentioned it to me. And I, and I told this day, I don't know who this person is. So um, oh, wow, um that, that's something that I always tell people, like if you're going to start something because it has your name on it, make sure you're happy with it and make sure that you're doing far above anything that you um are capable of doing because if you if you ignore your customers (laughs) the most basics of business ignoring your customers when they leave you a dm or send you a message or leave a comment you know not interacting with them it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are that will translate to word of mouth right oh they don't they Mm -hmm. don't reply their dms don't even bother they don't reply. Their WhatsApp messages don't even bother sending them a message. They don't answer their phone calls. It's the most basic of things that people neglect in their business that really has a detrimental effect on how, on their growth. And whenever I do like little talks and talk um, to startups and, and everyone, it's like, you don't even have a phone number on your on your platforms. No one knows how to get a hold of you. If you say DM me, they DM you, you respond in a week or two. You know, like, you're honestly not that busy to respond to people who are building your business. (laughs) The people Uh, that want to give you their money. (laughs) Oh, exactly. You're never too busy to people who want to give you their money. I mean, that's their way of supporting you. Mm -hmm. So that's probably one. So, yes, so always have your systems in place um, when you start. So when I say systems in place, you know, just – know that once a con- once a customer contacts you, what's the what's the flow chart looking like? When they, from the time they contact you to the time they get their product or service or whatever it is, what does that look like? Um, if someone was to come and replace you, are they able to follow that effectively? And the person on the receiving end won't know that it's a different person handling the situation um, or this this order or the service. So you have to make sure that all of that is in place. Um, and also your system also includes if you've got a product like me, which is a physical product, everything down to, um, who supplies you, how long does that take? You should know how long your supplier takes to call you or to respond to your email. You should know how long it takes for them to deliver it. You should know how long, if you, if you've got a a manufacturer, how long they take to, to do your products, you know, all of those things you should know. You shouldn't end up, um, placing orders when someone says you've run out of product because that's not effective that's not that's not going to help your business so i feel like putting things in place will also help you um, scale faster than you would if you have nothing in place and it'll also help you manage to know where the loopholes are or where your weaknesses are in your business so For example, I'm not really good at um, accounting and all of that stuff. So I quickly knew that I had to put someone in place to strengthen that side that I wasn't strong at. Um, I knew that I was strong in terms of knowing that, okay, my marketing, my image and everything should look like this, but I'm not good at photography. I'm not a photographer. So I had to strengthen that side of of what I was doing. So knowing every aspect of your business will help you know who to put into it or help you in yeah. those areas. So it helps you delegate more effectively. Um, and then the last thing I would say is that everyone that you're in contact with is so important and you can learn from down to a, you know, conductor in a, in a comb- I don't know what you guys call them. Them combis, them buses that people take. I don't yeah, know what you guys combi. call them. Combi, yeah. 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 <laughs> there's a guy that helped me locate a parcel that was coming from essay that got lost. And imagine if I just looked down on that person and just thought I was just too important for them, you know? So things mm. like that, you can learn from everybody that is in contact with your brand, no matter who it is, because there's always something that you're going to need, or there's always something that you don't understand or don't know that they can help you with. Um, so, you have to make sure that everybody that is a support system, indirectly and directly, is valued. No matter which position they are, whether they're sweeping your, your your floor, whether you know they're just an electrician who comes to fix one or two things, whether it's your IT person who comes to fix your your um, Wi-Fi, whatever, you have to still treat people with so much respect and know that they're still valuable in your journey because they're doing something to help you grow your business um Mm. so I think that's those are those are the main points that I have um what was your question the the second question Um, a a mistake that you've done oh a mistake that I've done I grew too quickly (laughs) that was a that was a mistake that I'm actually trying to correct now um I should have started with one product and then grown that so much and learned the business and learned what to put in place and did all of that with just one product. I should have made sure that that product was so good and, you know, mm. it was going to be in such high demand that if I introduce another product, it was just going to, you know, perform so well. What I did was that I started off the back with five products. So that meant that the money that I was going what that I was getting was having to um, purchase or get supplies for different components of different products. That meant that the highest selling product wasn't being fulfilled fast enough because yeah. my money was being diverted to the other products that I thought at that time needed to be there. But when I look at it, I'm like, did I really need it? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, hmm. So the biggest mistake was, yeah, starting too big, too fast um it worked out well but then even like now i'm phasing out products and i'm like i don't need this product or um i probably know better or know my customers better and i'm like i don't need this product or i need to improve this product but then it becomes expensive because now if you're like fulfilling um a thousand let's say oils in a month but then you've got five products that becomes a Mm. lot of work for one person you know Mm, um mm. So I think that's probably my biggest takeaway that, you know, I should have started with one product uh, and then pivoted the business. Every time I came into a situation or a hurdle, um, it would have been easier and it would have been cheaper. Um, And what I learned from that as well is that, you know, you put something out on the market, you test it, you, and then you pivot afterwards. If it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you pivot. So when you pivot, your vision is still the same, but how you get to the vision is different. So yeah. I may have decided that okay, I'm going to go in this direction, um, but then this direction is not working. So for example, I want I launched in Zimbabwe, right, and then my vision is still to grow across Africa, right. Um, but start in Zimbabwe and grow out in Mushroom out. But because of everything that was going on in Zimbabwe, my time frame of how was, of when I was going to do that had to pivot because of of the situations that we were facing. So when I was like thinking that I was going to launch in South Africa in five years, that was my five year my five year plan. Um I ended up having to do that in, in a year, in a year and a half because of the situation whereas if you don't know or learn when to shift your business according to what's going on and to adapt very fast or just very fast you're not going to survive um so yeah I guess that was the lesson but also what I did well in terms of my, um I the mistake I made was growing was growing too fast with too many products in the beginning um but what I learned as well was that i couldn't remain stagnant when things needed to change i couldn't say well this is how we said it and this is what my business plan by the way i didn't have a business plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't start something because they don't have a business plan just start and figure out the business plan as you go <laughs> um so some people will say no i said i'm going to be in south africa in 2020 so because it's not perfect yet, i can't be in south africa if i had done that or if I'd said because we we also we also retail in the UK, if I'd done that and said I'm not going to go to the UK, I'm not going to be in Australia, I'm not going to be in Tanzania, I'm not going to be in Zambia, we would not have a product right now. We would not be talking. We would not mm-hmm. be having this conversation. Yeah. Um you know,
0: there's so, a there's an American um, YouTuber blogger. I don't know if you know her, Mariana Hewitt. Yes, and she launches Summer Fridays. Yes, and. In one of her interviews, she was interviewed and she was asked why she only launched one product, why she only launched with one product. And she said exactly what you're saying. She's like, no, you, like for her, it was important to really get that one product really, really right. Test the market, see what people like, see what works, see what doesn't work, adjust accordingly. And then I think only, only like a year later, she launched her second product.
1: Yeah. Mm, mm. I wish
0: I had known that. one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I think those Carol- are the two yes. answers. Yeah. No, that's 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 yeah, definitely big lessons to learn there. So I always like to ask my guests this at the end of like a podcast, mother podcast, right? Um, I ask this because of my favorite quote, which is "Be who you needed when you were younger." Mm-hmm. I love that quote. So. Um, because I feel like if you were when you were younger, you may have needed to hear something or learn from someone, and if you needed that then, there's definitely a young person that needs that today. So I want to know from you if you could go back and specifically talk to younger Carol. What would you say to her?
1: I would say stick to what's working. <laughs> if I've stuck to my YouTube when I started. It Would be something else, right now. I'll be like the Patricia Brights, right now, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, and also trust yourself. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I remember when I moved to the UK, I actually wanted to enroll in beauty school, but Mm. because I didn't think what I was doing or thinking of was going to work, I trusted somebody else's opinion, but I knew, I think, already from then, I knew that this was supposed to be the direction I was supposed to go in. So I would have saved so much time um, than go- doing things that I'm not even using. Like I'm I'm not a social worker. Why do mm. I even bother spending all that money doing social work? Um, so, um, yeah, I think I'll tell my, my younger self to trust myself a bit more um, and to have confidence in myself a bit more. Those are the mm-hmm. two things I feel – are very important because if I had done that, I would I wouldn't have made so many mistakes and wasted so much time. I only decided to trust myself much later, and because I did that, we have a brand that we're talking about today. If I just mm. decided to be like, okay, I'm just going to find another job, I don't think this, you know, no, no one will take me seriously. We wouldn't be talking about all the countries that we managed to get into and all the things that we've managed to do in a short period of time because we're only in 2020 and the brand launched in 2017. And we're in all these countries that I've, I've already mentioned. So I think um, just trusting yourself and know that you're more capable of doing what you actually think you're able to do. Because a lot of the time you're like, oh, I want to do this, but should I, should I not? There's so many people doing it and you just doubt yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that's, that's the most important thing to do is to just believe in yourself, trust yourself and show up. Every time, even when you don't feel like it, you need to still show up. That's just it. Mm,
0: mm. 100% show up. Trust <laughs> yourself. So what, what's next? What's next for Carol? Um, what can we see next?
1: <laughs> wow. Um, we're still growing the brand. I, I still feel like we still got a very long way to go in terms of growing the brand. Um, I mentioned already that we're scaling down on some products, but we're also introducing other products. Um, And I I have my hand in so many different things. It's just what people only know of me is the brand and my YouTube, but I also have other things that I do behind the scenes. And because I've just had a baby, it's all of that you have to think about. Um, But definitely something to look out for is just the growth of the brand um, if you've never heard of us and in yes, South Africa, this is the first time you've heard of of us, thank She Brigade. <laughs> 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 because you'll definitely be seeing a lot more of us um, very soon, very, um, yeah, very, very soon. So I guess the five-year plan for the brand is really to establish it past. In, initially, I was like, it's going to be established outside of Zim. But right now it's more like we're going to be established outside of Africa. Like that's my next goal to be more of a household name outside of the continent. But the most important thing for me is that Africans should still see it as something to be proud of, whether it's are South African, Zimbabwean, Zambian or whatever. But the fact that it's an African brand that has an African name that um, grew and was solidified in Africa before the Western world, because a lot of the time it's the reverse, right? The Western world will, will um, endorse something and then we're all like, oh, yes, it's good because Americans say it's good or British people say it's good. So it's really something that I want us Africans to really be proud of um and also to stand next to international brands and actually rival those international brands so mm-hmm. um, i look forward to executing <laughs> those plans and ideas that we have
0: that is so exciting i am i'm actually waiting on my order for the face oil i'm oh, so really? excited i can't wait to try yes <laughs> so i have i have oily skin but okay. in winter it's more like combinationy okay. um and i was i used to avoid oils but you know, I'm like I said, because thanks to you, I'm learning so much more about mm-hmm. <laughs> my skin my skin actually needs. So yeah. I was I used to avoid oils because I'm like, nope, I've oily skin, no oils on my face. But that's not actually how it works. So <laughs> um so, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right? Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing so much more from your brand and so much oh, more from thank me. This you. This is for a, supporting. Yes. Um, and and how can our listeners like get in
1: touch with you, follow your journey, um, and follow your brand. Uh, we are on social media, Carol Nuzika, Nyazika, N Y A Z I K A, on all my social media platforms, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, Danaka is the same thing, um, Danaka on Instagram, Facebook, um, and Twitter. That's N D A N A K A. So you can find us on that. And then if you want to contact us directly for any anything else that's not related to the products, our email is business at Ndanaka.com.
0: Ah, awesome. Wow. Like it's actually been amazing he- hearing about your journey. So, so much about you that, you know, I never expected. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, you usually have a picture of someone in your mind and then you hear this to you're like, wow. Okay. It's oh, I'm
1: glad. <laughs> Thank I hope I you wasn't too much because once someone says, just talk, I'm like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I absolutely loved it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we love to engage with all of you. So feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or get recommendations on infoshebrigade.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at SheBrigade. See you next week.